0: joy is for you. Welcome to the Joybringer podcast. The world is full of uncertainties, difficulty, and pain. It needs joy, and you and I can bring it, but we can't bring what we don't have. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Let's grab hold of joy and bring it everywhere we go. Hey, I'm Season, and this is the Joybringers Advent Podcast. I'm super excited to begin this series. Advent might be new for you. It was new for me about 10 years ago, but it is an ancient tradition. The word Advent means arrival, really helps us focus our hearts on the reason for the season. You know, when your name is Season, uh, you're used to, I'm used to seeing it everywhere. Uh, at this time of year. People are always like, is that so weird to see your name? It's not. Um, It was annoying when I was a kid. My parents made me uh, record our voicemail greeting and it always said, say, "Uh, Merry Christmas or tis the season. Uh, Love Jerry, Debbie and season's greetings is how they would uh, sign their Christmas cards. But my favorite Christmas, you know, name association is the phrase Jesus is the reason for the season. There's just something really sweet about that. And and I'm always touched and, and filled with joy when I see that phrase. But that's the idea of Advent. It helps us focus our hearts as we celebrate the hope, love, joy, and peace found in this season. The thing about Christmas. So I think most of us love it because of our memories. We're so in tune with these visceral memories of our childhood, of the joy, of the anticipation. Um, I can just, I can smell it. I can taste it. I, I can feel what it felt like to walk from my parents' car into my grandparents' home on Christmas Eve. You know, I remember coming downstairs to see just a sea of presents because I'm an only child and when you only got one to buy for, it's a whole different experience. (laughs) But if we're honest and I am, I'm just, that's who I am. I think that maybe in, in my life as an adult, I find that I don't particularly love the day of Thanksgiving or the Christmas day experience I think what we really connect with is the season, the feels of all the things that go around it. As an adult, I struggle to, I, I struggle with disappointment on that day. Um, my husband and I uh have three daughters, but they're not my biological children. And so they're often at their mom's or their other family members' houses. More often than not, my husband and have found and I have found ourselves alone on Christmas Day. And gosh, sometimes that just feels crazy or, or, or sad. I have found myself, you know, just a mess on the couch when I was going through a divorce, just alone on Christmas Day, ugly crying on the couch all day. Um, when my, all the family that I knew, five of my female blood relatives all passed away within about a year and a half of each other. And suddenly Christmas was not the same. I went from baby to matriarch of my little family overnight and and I didn't know how to handle that. I was in my mid 20s. So I found great joy in the discovery of the advent season to to celebrate the truth that God is a promise keeper, to celebrate the the reality that that he's with us even in the difficult times, that we can have hope even when things are completely dark all around us. Today, this first day of Advent, December 1st, is a day where we light the candle of hope. Hope is something that you maybe don't know how to describe it until you know you don't have it. It's sometimes easier to think about hope in the in in the opposite sense, right despair, discouragement, disappointment, um, but hope is something that God came to bring us, so as we you know metaphorically light the candle of hope today i I want to speak to you who may be in a dark place in your life. I appreciate lamentations, chapter three verse 18 through 24. And I love that there's a book of the Bible called Lamentations, where we are, it, it, you know, it's it's okay to lament, to cry out to God, to lament of our sorrows and our sadness, our frustrations. This says, I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. Okay. I'm a preacher, so I just got to stop there. Like, Have you been there? Because I sure have. Like, you know, I'll never forget that ugly crying on the couch, going, "God, I thought I was doing everything right, and now my life looks completely different than I could have ever imagined." Like, sometimes we look around, and the the sparkle and the splendor of this season does not match our internal experience. Uh, Verse nineteen says, "The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words." I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. And this is the best part. Verse 21 says, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin fresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. I love the verse 21, yet I still dare to hope. Hope is brave. In order to have hope in the face of difficulty, in order to have hope in 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 the face of darkness, it takes courage. And I'm here to help bolster you up, to help give you some handles to hold onto today as we enter officially into this Advent season to grab a hold of hope. And and here's how we do that. One of my favorite quotes, you will probably hear this from me many times. uh, It's in my book. I say it all the time. It's from a man with a really fun name. His name is Francis Frangipan. How great is that? Francis Frangipan. He says this, if there is any area of your life that isn't glistening with hope, then somewhere you are under the influence of a lie. Because here's the reality. When the Lord looks at our lives, when God from his from His perspective, his eternal heavenly perspective looks at our lives, he sees victory. God sees hope. He sees help. He sees power. He sees presence. He sees authority. When I look at sometimes the, the things around me, I see impossibility. I see despair and sorrow and pain and trauma conflict, right? Fear. But what God sees is victory. What God sees is that he is gone before us. He is at work doing a good thing. So if there's any area of our lives that is shrouded in darkness and not glittering and glistening with hope, then we're believing the lie that God is not at work. We're believing the the lie that God is distant. We're believing the lie that we're on our own and we've backed ourselves into a corner and there's just no hope. I love this definition of hope. It says um, that hope is the joyful anticipation of good. We might not see the good all around us. We might not feel the joy, but we can have the joyful anticipation that good is coming, that good is at work. If you maybe ever heard the phrase, you know, if it's not good, it's not done. Like God's not done if it's not stamped good. And what I love is that the Christmas season, God chose to enter the world to, you know, the theological phrases like the the great humiliation, right, to come down from heaven where everything was, you know, perfect and 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 in unity and harmony. Jesus chose to come down into a world that was dark and broken and desperate. And you may feel that way right now. You may feel like you are in a season of desperation where it's dark all around you and broken, and the best part is is that that kind of environment is what the Lord came down into. He is appearing in your darkness, in your desperation, in your despair. In your disappointment, the Lord appears. He wants to strike the match of hope and light up that darkness so that every area can glisten because there's no area in your life that's outside of his goodness, that's outside of his jurisdiction. I I have to listen to myself in this time too because I do believe it's coming, but sometimes in the waiting, we can be weary, right? I I love uh, O Holy Night, the lyrics, Long lay the world in sin and error, pining until he appeared, and the soul felt his worth. The thrill of hope. Hope feels thrilling. It feels exciting and good. But sometimes it's hard to find. It's hard to see. So I want to encourage you as we dive into this season of Advent, we're going to lean in to the hope that we have in Jesus. The reason we can hope in him is because God is faithful. I heard this podcast recently and they were talking about promises and why kids are so connected to us making promises to them. It's not really about the ice cream that you promised to go get after school. It's that kids know that you're the authority. And if you promised something, they want to be able to hold you to that. It gives them a sense of authority to hold you to the thing that isn't, in theory, supposed to ever be broken. So it, it, when kids hold us to our promises or they, or they go, you promised, it's because they recognize the power that they have in that God is a promise keeper. It doesn't always happen at our time frame, right? But I would bet that if you're waiting on the promises of God, maybe, maybe you even wonder, do I even have any promises? Well, you do. God promises to reveal his goodness. God promises to, uh, to show you the good work that he is doing. There are thousands of promises in scripture that we can grab a hold of. And We see the promise fulfilled. The Israelites had waited for hundreds and hundreds of years for a sign, for something, for something to come to fruition. And Jesus showed up. He is a promise keeper. Uh, I talk about this in my book, The Joybringer Challenge, available anywhere books would be bought. And you can find it. I'll have a link uh, in the show notes here, and you can find it on Amazon or on my website. But one of the things that I love is that – I have a friend who was my first friend to have a baby. And her family, her grandmother was a a Spanish woman. And my my friend and her husband were like new parents, right? Stressing out about like, this is really exciting, but where in the world are we going to find the money to have this baby? Where are we going to have the time? How are we going to find the energy? And my girlfriend's grandmother, who uh, she called Nan, Nan said, oh, honey, don't you know that all babies are born with a loaf of bread under their arm? And, and the phrase is found in Spanish-speaking cultures, but also uh, in Hebrew cultures. This idea that babies are born with a loaf of bread under their arms. The idea is that babies come with provision. It's amazing how that happens, right? Even the fact that our, our bodies are able to, to, to provide for a baby. But babies are born with provision. And this is really cool. Check this out. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. Jesus says that he is the bread of life. Throughout scripture, Jesus references this idea of bread. He breaks bread. He says, Next time you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus is the bread of life, and Jesus was born as the bread for the world. I I like to say Jesus was born with a loaf of bread under his arm for everybody. He came to bring us everything that we need and he's faithful. He was faithful to come. So as we are connecting to the source of life, Jesus is the source. I love how Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Romans ends. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because of who Jesus is and what he did, he came to fulfill a promise. He came to be the loaf of bread for the whole world. And then he left and we now have the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, because of that, we have access to all hope, to the joyful anticipation of good. That is not the same as the joyful anticipation that Christmas morning will be perfect. It is not the same as the joyful expectation that you'll get what you wanted on Christmas or that your Christmas bonus will come through or that you'll have the same traditions this year that you maybe did back in the day. It's the joyful anticipation of God's faithfulness, of God's goodness. That is the candle that we're lighting today the candle of hope. May it flicker and burn in your heart, in your mind, and all around you. May you look around you today and see the glittering, glistening hope that is there. I'm grateful for you. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I'm so excited about what's to come. I'm going to be releasing many episodes each week, all the way up until Christmas Eve. Incredible conversations with wonderful people from my life who I'm inspired by, and I can't wait for you to hear from them. I am grateful. Thank you for joining me today, and Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to The Joybringer Podcast. I would love to connect with you. Find me on social media or on my website at seasonedhours.com. For more information on how to live like the gospel is good news, check out my book, The Joybringer Challenge. You can buy it anywhere books are sold or on my website. Thanks again for listening. And hey, I love you.